Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. my own positive and negative voltage as a vehicle for jump-starting the consciousness, drive, and ambition of stalled minds and lost souls, shedding knowledge, guidance, and wisdom while knowingly compromising my livelihood. I yield my right-of-way not solely to uncouth and uncannery motorists and pedestrians, but to my supreme being, the Heavenly Father, prior to resting head to pillow. I render my last 100 cents, initially designated for the Florida Tollway, to the maimed Vietnam veteran nearly thrust to his demise by virtue of sparing the U.S. of A. of its sins decades ago. This demi-Christ motioned to spit-shine my windshield, yet I declined, and resorted to Useless One, a.k.a. Biscayne Boulevard, as alternate thoroughfare to my final destination. I wallowed in self-contentment throughout this expedition. I relayed my last morsel of nourishment to the famished bastard child in my path, ignoring the fiery cast iron pangs of hunger, mutilating me in my blunt-edged spears. Yet I prevailed. I paint and plaster my John Hancock across stuttered lines of obscure financial statements in efforts of scratching a crescent moon smile upon my mother's pained face. Having digested that my script has just paved the rite of passage towards indebtedness to an uncle named Sam, whose acquaintance I've never met. I walked briskly through crossfires, shielding the newborn fruit of my loins and delivered him as a dowry to my barren sister. I lend, I bend, I render, then I buckle at the knee and suddenly collapse, falling prey to momentary deprivation of my own conscious Yet merely seconds prior to seizing my own final breath, I'm resuscitated via the scorching cup of herbal vitality which prompts me to expel the fatigue and sheer exhaustion that earlier consumed me. I've been abruptly aroused, now in an intoxicated stupor. I succumb to the stable hands of this unconventional physician, enabling him to acupuncture my supple skin welding my severed mind, body, and spirit, revitalizing me, metamorphosizing me, through each strategically positioned needle bearing the guise of the breath of life inflating my lungs. He harmonized my yin and my yang, coupled with the disproportionate winter and summer, rather inferno and ice, churning within me, after which he cast me back onto the battlefield of altars in which I voluntarily lie from day to day. 
You know, I wholeheartedly strive to seal my eyes and turn my cheek, yet some inexplicable force of nature sweeps me back to the mercy of those that require, that crave, that need, that long, and why? For having been born onto this planet with a conscience, my gift (laughs) and my curse. I've acknowledged my blatant reality and divine purpose that I've been inducted into servitude and selfless servants have indeed become a rarity today, shadowed by the ill demon of greed, yet I persevere in spite of it all. And you? Have you ingested the meaning of rendering, to lend, bend, and sacrifice going above and beyond the utmost fragile limbs? Have you showcased the battle scars spawned from selflessness? Have you met the casualties entailed in the midst of true giving and marched down the beaten path of such unconditionally? If so, please do carry on, regardless of the literal and figurative energy it demands of you, in spite of heartache, betrayal, and discontentment, because only then will merit become fully unleashed. Welcome back yet again to another sprightly episode amid this bustling, blossoming, and eventful season, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know, it's been quite a stretch indeed. I've been away too long, yet we're here. We're all together again. Happy family reunion. In fact, I pondered potential topics for this ice-breaking broadcast after the latest sabbatical, and acts of kindness took precedence, might I add. In fact, it's divinely timed in light of the wealth of infinite blessings manifesting for me personally. However, however, let's pivot without further ado and explore the heartwarming stories and suggestions of others on the subject at hand. Beginning with, here's, a, here's um, an abridged shared finding at Reader's Digest, 30 stories about the touching kindness of strangers that'll make you tear up. So it notes for the author that they asked readers for first-hand accounts of compassion. And here are 30 stories on kindness that touched your lives and their hearts, the author's hearts. So a couple of years ago, it notes, it says, uh, they stumbled off the subway in upper, upper Manhattan, exhausted after a long and stressful day at work. Dreaming about the warmth of his bed, He stopped in a 7-Eleven on the way to his apartment to buy a bag of popcorn. Treat yourself, he notes. A man about three times his size stood in front of him at the register buying a pack of cigarettes and turned towards me, or him, uh, telling me I'd look tired. So he smiled uncomfortably and became noticeably more alert, as a young woman does when a strange man starts talking to her at night. He turned towards the cashier and said that he was going to get my snack too. So he politely declined and was already pulling out his wallet. And he, you know, uh, but this man wouldn't allow me to say no. He would take no for an answer. So he handed the cashier a couple of extra dollars to cover the popcorn and told him that he hoped his night improved. He walked out of the store and the author notes that he'd never seen him again. So the world could use a little more kindness, especially as of late, especially amid the past year and change that we've had. I'm sure we could all attest to that. Um, 
with a year to be we just endured, it's pretty easy to get caught up in your own routine and everyday personal worries. That sometimes, sometimes we just lose sight of remembering to tune into those around us. The man who paid for his popcorn has stuck with him and inspired him to pay it forward to others who look like they could use a hand. It feels great to be kind, so it's a win-win. Perhaps you need a little guidance on random acts of kindness, or perhaps to be inspired with kindness quotes from people that you admire. But these stories on kindness will definitely encourage you and all of us to pass the compassion on. Bridget Jurasuba, I'd like to dedicate this to you, one of my chief humanitarians, um, in chief, I should say, along with droves and droves of others who've been so positively influential um, at every turn of the lives of my son and I, past, present, and I trust well into the future. So I digress. Now, pivoting to the man at the market. When the supermarket clerk tallied up his groceries, uh, he was about $12 over what I what he had on him. Uh, so he began to remove items from the bags. bags. This is another story, ladies and gentlemen. When another shopper handed him a $20 bill, he says, please don't put yourself out, I told him. Let me tell you a story, he said. My mother is in the hospital with cancer. I visit her every day and bring her flowers. I went this morning and she got mad at me for spending my money on more flowers. She demanded that I do something else with that money. So here, please accept it. You know, it is my mother's flowers. And this is by Leslie Wagner, Peel in Peel, Arkansas. Another one is titled Jim and the Job. My neighbor Jim had trouble deciding if he wanted to retire from the construction field until he ran into a younger man he'd worked with previously. So the young man had a wife and three children and was finding it difficult to make ends meet. Since he hadn't worked in some time, the next morning, Jim went to the union office and submitted his retirement paperwork. As for his replacement, he gave them the name of the young man that was six years, six years ago. He notes it was six years ago, and that young husband and father has been employed ever since. This is an excerpt or an anecdote by Miranda McLean in Brutus, Michigan. Here's another, a family's food angel. While going through a divorce, my mother fretted over her new worries, no income, the same bills, and no way to, to afford groceries. It was around this time that she started finding boxes of food outside our door every morning. This went on for months until she was able to learn the job. We never did find out who it was, who the grocery culprit was, I'd like to call it, but they truly saved their lives. And this was a story by Jamie, Jamie Bowling in Emmett, oh, Idaho. Here's another title, Color, Color Me Amazed. I forgot about the rules on liquids and carry-on luggage, so when I hit security at the airport, I had to give up all my painting supplies. When I returned a week later, an attendant was at the baggage area with my paints. Not only had he kept them for me, but he looked up my return date and time in, in order to meet me. That was a story from Mar for Marilyn Kinsella in Canmore, Canada. Here's one titled Seven Miles From Me. Leaving a store, I returned to my car only to find that I had locked my keys and cell phone inside. A teenager riding his bike saw, the, the kick t saw me kick a tire and say a few choice words. What's wrong, he asked. I explained my situation, but even I could call my wife, I said. She, could, she can't bring me her car key, since this is our only car. He handed me his cell phone. Call your wife and tell her I'm coming to get, get, get her key. That's seven miles round trip. Don't worry about it. An hour later, he returned with the key. He offered, said I offered him some money, but he refused. And he responded, let's just say I needed the exercise, he said. Then, 
Like a cowboy in the movies, he rode off into the sunset. And that's an excerpt by Clarence W. Stevens in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Here's one titled Little Lift. One evening I left a, a restaurant just ahead of a woman assisting her elderly mom. I approached the curb and paused to see if my arthritic knees could, could climb it. To my right appeared an arm to assist. It was that of the el elderly mom. My heart was so touched. And that's Donna Maury in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Oh, homegirl. Bounty for a Navy wife. I was balancing caring for a toddler and, and working a full-time job all while my Navy husband was on extended duty overseas. One evening, the doorbell rang. It was my neighbor, a retired chief petty officer, holding a breadboard loaded with a freshly cooked chicken and vegetable stew. I've noticed you're getting a little skinny, he said. It was the best meal I'd had in months. That's Pat Patricia Fordney in Corvallis, Oregon. My, my granddaughter's dress. I saw a dress in a consignment shop that I knew my granddaughter would love, but money was tight, so I asked the owner if she could hold it for me. May I buy the dress for you? Asked another customer. Thank you, but I can't accept such a gracious gift, I said. Then she, t then she told me why it was so important for her to help me. She'd been homeless for three years, she said, and it had, had it not been for the kindness of strangers, she would not have been able to survive. I'm no longer homeless, and my situation has improved, she said. I promised myself that I would repay the kindness so many had shown me. She paid for the dress, and, and the only payment she would accept in return was a heartfelt hug. And that's Stacy Lee of Columbia, Maryland. White Shoulders. A woman at our yard sale wore a perfume that smelled heavily and, and familiar. What are you wearing, I asked. White shoulders, she said. Suddenly, I was bowled over by a flood of memories. White shoulders was the one gift I could count on at Christmas from my late mother. We chatted a while and she bought some things and left. A few hours later, she returned holding a new bottle of white shoulders. I don't recall which one of us started crying first, and that's media. Stooksbury in Powell, Tennessee. Breaking bread. Last December before work, I stopped at a deli and offered and ordered an everything bagel with cream cheese. It was toasty warm and I couldn't wait to, to dig in. But as I left the store, I noticed an older and indigent gentleman sitting at the bus stop. Knowing it would probably be his only warm meal of the day, I gave him the bagel. But all was not lost for me. Another customer from the deli offered me half of her bagel. I was so delighted because I realized that in one way or another, we are all looked after. And that's Liliana Figueroa, Phoenix, Arizona. I can still help. As I walked through the parking lot, all I could think about was a diagnosis. I had handed my patient, Jimmy, pancreatic cancer. Just then, I noticed an elderly gentleman handing tools to someone working under his stalled car. That someone was Jimmy. Jimmy, what are you doing? I yelled out. Jimmy dusted off his pants. My cancer didn't tell me not to help others, Doc, he said, before waving at the old man to start the car. The engine roared to life. The old man thanked Jimmy and drove off. Then Jimmy got into his car and took off as well. Take home message, kindness has no limits and no restrictions. That's Mohammed Basha, Gainesville, Florida. Top note, when my husband died unexpectedly, a co-worker took me under her wing every week for an entire year. She would send me a card saying, just thinking of you or hang in there. She saved my life. That's Jerry Lynn Colette in Burnsville, Minnesota. He kept an eye on me. 
Driving home in a blizzard, I noticed a vehicle trailing close behind me. Suddenly, my tire blew. I blew off, pulled off the road, and so did the other car. A man jumped out from behind the wheel and, without hesitation, changed the flat. I was going to get off two miles back, he said, but I didn't think that tire looked good. Marilyn Atbury, Spokane Valley, Washington. My commander's call. It was one of my first missions on a gunship during the Vietnam War. I was scanning for the enemy for enemy fire when I spotted a bright object that looked as if it were coming straight at us. Missile, missile, I shouted into my interphone. The pilot jerked the airplane as hard as he could, dumping guys from one side of the craft to the next. Well, turns out the missile was a flare we had just dropped, suffice it to say. The guys weren't pleased. Back at the base, my commander put an arm around my shoulder. Sergeant Hunter, he said, you keep calling them like you see them. Better safe than sorry. That kind act gave me the confidence to be one of the top gunners in my squadron. And that's Douglas Hunter of Fort Walton Beach, Florida. 21 apples for Max. Well, my grandson Max told his mother, Andrea, to donate any check she would, she would give him for his 21st birthday. Andrea got an idea. She handed Max's brother, Charlie, a video camera. Then she took out 21 $10 bills from the bank and bought 21 apples at the supermarket. When they spotted a homeless man, Andrea told him, today is my son Max, Max's 21st birthday, and he asked me to give a gift to someone to help him celebrate. She handed the man a $10 bill and an apple. The man smiled to the camera and announced, happy birthday, Max. Soon they passed out their booty to men, no pun intended, to men and women waiting in line at a soup kitchen. In a unified chorus, they wished Max happy birthday at a pizza parlor. Andrea, Andrea, left $50 and told the owners to feed the hungry. Happy birthday, Max, they shouted with one last $10 bill and apple. They stopped at Andrea's sister's office. Unable to contain her laughter or her tears, she bellowed into the camera. Happy birthday, Max. Dr. Donald Stoltz, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How did she know? I was driving cross country to start a new job. What began as a fun adventure turned into a nightmare when I realized I had run through most of my money and still had a ways to go. I pulled over and let the tears flow. That's when I noticed the unopened farewell card my neighbor had shoved in my hand as I left. I pulled the card out of the envelope and $100 dropped out. Just enough, just enough to get me through the remainder of my trip. Later, I asked my neighbor, why she had enclosed the money, she said I had a feeling it would help me. And that's Nadine, Nadine Chandler, Winthrop, Massachusetts. Raised right. Children were playing at the recreation area of an Ikea store when my five-year-old granddaughter motioned for a small boy to stop. She knelt down before him and retied his flopping shoelaces. She had only just learned to tie her own. No words were spoken, but after she finished, both smiled shyly. Then turned to race off in different directions. Sheila Mays, Ola, Louisiana. Blanket statement. When I was seven, my family drove to the Grand Canyon. At one point, my favorite blanket flew out the window and was gone. I was devastated. Soon after, we, st we stopped at a service station moping. I found a bench and was able to eat my sandwich when a biker named pulled into the station. Is that your blue Ford? A huge frightening man with a grand black beard asked. Mom nodded reticently. The man pulled my blanket from his jacket pocket and handed it to her. He then returned to his motorcycle. I repaid him 
The only way I knew how, I ran up to him and gave him my sandwich. That's Zena Hamilton, United Kingdom. Just driving through. When my friend and I were injured in a car accident, a family from out of state stopped to help. Seeing we were hurt, they drove us to the hospital and stayed there until we were released. They then took us home, got us food, and made sure we were settled in. Amazingly, they interrupted their vacation to help us. That's Cindy Earls in Ada, Oklahoma. Butterflies of support. I was four months pregnant with our first child when our baby's heart stopped beating. I was devastated. As the days went on, I was nervous about returning to work. I'm a middle school teacher and didn't know how I, I could face children. This past May, after four weeks of recovering, I walked into my empty classroom and turned on the lights. Glued to the wall were a hundred colored paper butterflies, each with a handwritten message on it from current and past students. All of them had encouraging messages. Messages, Keep moving forward, don't give up on God, and know that we love you. It was exactly what I needed. Jennifer Garcia Esquivel, San Benito, Texas. Twice as nice, two firefighters were waiting in line at a fast food restaurant when the siren sounded on their fire, fire truck parked outside. As they turned to leave, a couple who had just received their order handed their food to the firefighters. The couple then got back in line to reorder, doubling down on their selfless act. The manager refused to take their money. And that's Joanne Sanderson of Brandon, Florida. Designated driver. I pulled over onto the side of a New Mexico road and was suffering a panic attack when a minivan full of children pulled over. A woman got out and asked if I was okay. No, I said. Then I laid out what, what had happened. I was delivering books for a publishing company. My next stop was way, way up this long and winding and, to me, very treacherous road. I couldn't do it. I'll deliver the books for you, she said. She was a local and the roads were nothing for her. I took her up on the offer and never forgot the simple kindness of a stranger. Doreen Frick, Ord, Nebraska. A Christmas Story. In January 2006, a fire destroyed a family's home. In that fire were all the belongings of a six-year-old boy, including his Christmas presents. A classmate from a school who had a birthday around then asked her parents if she could give all of her gifts to the boy. That act of kindness will forever warm my heart because the boy is my grandson, Donna Kachnowski, Lebanon, Connecticut. She gave me direction. As I left the party, I got on the wrong free freeway and was immediately lost. I pulled over to the shoulder and called my roadside assistance provider. She tried to connect me to the California Highway Patrol, but that call never went through. Hearing the panic in my voice, she came up with a plan B. You're near the office, she said. I'm about to go off shift. Stay put and I'll find you. Ten minutes later, she rolled up. She guided me not only to the right freeway, but all the way to the correct freeway exit. And then, with a wave goodbye, she drove back into the night. That's Michelle Arnold in Santee, California. Donations from unlikely places. A year ago, Micah Harold had a heart attack and actually died several times. Now, a year later, the coronavirus is here. Micah owns a tattoo parlor. He is an extremely talented artist. And his tattoo parlor has been closed because it is non-essential. But Micah has stepped up and is giving back to the community. His shop is on the edge of a not-so-affluent part of town. He has stocked, stocked his shop with essentials such as toilet paper, paper towels, different types of non-perishable foods, and emergency items. Some things he bought with his own money. And he has he's had some donations from the community. 
He makes hand sanitizer and also gloves and other items that people need for this pandemic available in his shop. Everything is free. You just go in, tell him what you need, and he gives it to you. His mother, Deborah Allen, is also involved, not in his business, but in making cloth masks for people. She has long been a clothing designer and is now making masks and giving them away. They're both helping the community a great deal. And that's Judy Chandler in Shreveport, Louisiana. The value of essential work. My husband's job is one of the essential jobs. Sanitation engineer. Not a glamorous one, but consider the alternative. About the second week of the lockdown, he was having trouble finding a spray for his truck to keep it sanitized. One morning, on his way to, to work at 4 a.m., he stopped at one of the few stores open that early, hoping to purchase some. When he got to the door, he saw that they were op- only open uh, early for the first responders and medical personnel, so he turned to head back to his car. While walking back, a local sheriff's deputy, the deputy was going in, and he spotted my husband's reflective vest and stopped him. He asked my husband which trash company he worked for, and then proceeded to thank my husband for being out there. My husband told him that it was he that deserved the thanks. Then the deputy asked if he always shot this early. My husband told him of the problem of finding a spray. The deputy then asked if he were able to find it that morning. So of course, my husband told him that he could not go in. The deputy told my husband to stay where he was and he went in and purchased a spray and brought it out to my husband. My husband tried to pay him, but he would not accept the money. Karen Foster in Hillsboro, Oregon. Through sickness and health. My neighbors Jay and Treva have been the best since we moved in. When my husband got brain cancer, they helped with yard work and snow removal. When Jim passed away, they were always helping me, anything they could. Meals, yard work, snow removal, putting my trash can away when I, when I would forget. They still continue to care for me, and if they don't see me outside in a while, they text me to make sure I'm, I'm all right and not down or anything. I know I can always count on them to be there for me no matter what happens. That's Shelley Golay in Casper, Wyoming. Stories on kindness in unexpected places. Going to the post office is usually a weekly event for me, as I rarely give it any thought other than to drive there, go inside, and drop off my letter or package. However, our world has changed, and now I must give careful attention to this journey as my age and pre-existing condition put me into this vulnerable category. There are decisions that I need to make. Is this a package that must go out now? I conclude that it is. Is there anyone else who can take the package for me? I conclude that there is not. So I've made two decisions already. Next, I must determine which of the two post offices closest to me would be the easiest one to accomplish my goal. I realize the larger one would be my best choice. Three, de- three, three decisions made on the drive over, I determined that I will look to the, see the number of cars in the parking lot before I make my decision to go in. Upon arriving, I conclude the car population is small enough. So I pull into an empty space. My next thought is perhaps I should wait for someone to come out and ask them to take my package in. Then I realize I will be making contact with the perfect stranger. And what is the difference between talking to that stranger and just going in and talking to the clerk? Next decision made, I walk inside. There are only two people and both are standing at the counters making their transactions. I walk to the front of what is normally a very long line I'm standing alone, waiting my turn. Shortly, I'm called to the window. I can see that the postal clerk is aware of the fear in my eyes. She quietly steps back from her station and motions me to come forward. 
I step up to the counter and place my package on the scale. She then motions me to step back. I move, ba I move away, and she begins the process of weighing it and determining, determining the proper postage. She tells me the price and motions me forward as she takes a step back. Again, I believe she saw the terror in my eyes and said, One moment, ma'am. She leans under the counter and picks up a Lysol wipe. She thoroughly cleans the credit card machine and the entire counter around it. She then steps back and again motions me forward. As I insert my card, tears start to roll down my cheeks. I was so moved. I was so moved by the care with which she accomplished this usually very simple task. When I had completed the transaction, she again motioned me back as she stepped forward. She took the receipt, wiped it down, and laid it on the counter beside it. She placed a clean tissue as she could see my tears were still streaming down my cheeks. She again stepped away from the counter. I picked up the receipt and took a step back. In gratitude, I bowed to her. She bowed to me with equal respect. Jean Hall of Nashville, Tennessee. Nash Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Kind-hearted, better half. During COVID, there are orphans whose birthdays are not getting celebrated or they're not getting any gifts from their well-wishers at this hard time. My wife, Neelam Singal, collected birthday boxes, gifts, and birthday crowns and started calling various organizations that could accept them. She was able to connect with Kids TLC and she drove there to donate. She felt so happy doing something for them that she almost cried when she turned. I'm lucky to have such a kind-hearted better half. And that's Manoj Singhal and Oleg Kansas. Sharing the wealth. When Clayton, New Jersey resident Joanne Cates received her $1,200 government stimulus check, she initially, initially toyed with the idea of giving $300 to each of her four grown children. But the devout Christian says the Lord spoke to her, telling her to use the money to buy meals for frontline medical workers battling the COVID-19 pandemic. While Cates has a daughter who is, in, who is a, a NICU nurse in Tennessee, it was actually her six-year experience as a caregiver. After her late husband suffered a severe brain injury in 2008, he died in 2014, that helped her choose her local hospital. Jefferson Washington Township Hospital in Turn Turnersville, New Jersey, for her generous food donation. Nurses and doctors walked me through the worst six years of my life, says Cates, whose husband never walked or talked again after a bicycle accident. I wrote letters praising every nurse and trauma doctor I encountered during that time. A fan of Scarponato's Italian food in Turnersville, Cates, used her stimulus money to purchase 110 lunches that were delivered to the hospital on April 27th. Staff from medical, surgical units, ICU, cardiopulmonary, the storeroom, as well as some physicians and residents enjoyed the hot meal. And that's Nicole Pensiero in Turnersville, New Jersey. Wow. If that uh, doesn't kickstart um, you into the spirit of rendering, I don't know what does. It's just a few ideas, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So now let's, uh, here's the independent. Random Acts of Kindness Day. 12 amazing stories of kindness that will warm your heart. More stories. In a world where the latest political drama always seems to dominate the headlines and the devastating effects of climate change are impossible to ignore, sometimes it can be worth remembering the capacity for love and generosity that human beings can have to renew your faith in humanity. Acts of kindness don't have to be grand gestures, just merely showing someone that you care could take something as little as paying for their coffee order or wishing them a good day. 
So Wednesday, February 17th marks Random Acts of Kindness Day every year, and in 2021, we all need a little hope on the horizon. From selflessly giving to the homeless to honoring fallen heroes, I'm, I'm, this is so resonating um, with me, Bridget. I hope you're listening to this. Bridget Yurisuba. Take inspiration from 12 of the most incredible acts of kindness. Here's number one, helping a woman in need. When online comedian Carlos Davis and his brother spotted a woman paying for her petrol and pennies at a gas station, they decided to step in and offer her money um, to pay for her expenses. She didn't realize how much of an impact their act of kindness would have on the woman who, unbeknownst to them, was suffering from emotional turmoil. After Davis stepped out of his car to hand the woman the dollar notes, the woman burst into tears and told him that her husband had died just a week prior. How did you know, the woman asked. The brothers, to which Davis responded, it's only right, we've got to stick together. When the woman asked the brothers how she could repay them, they told her to simply pay it forward by doing a kind deed for someone else. Number two, honoring a hero. In 2013, Royal Air, Royal Air Force warned veteran Harold Jellicoe Percival passed away at the age of 99 in a nursing home. Mr. Percival never married, didn't have any children, and didn't have any relatives who were able to attend the funeral ceremony. An appeal was put out in a local newspaper for people to attend the service in honor of the veteran who served during the Second World War. Over 200 people turned up to pay their respects to Mr. Percival after the appeal went viral on social media. Number three is shaving heads in solidarity. In 2015, nine-year-old Marley Pack was informed that she was suffering from the alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma, a rare form of soft tissue cancer. Marley was forced to miss a lot of school due to her treatment, which involved weeks of grueling chemotherapy. When the time came for Marley to return to class at Meridian Elementary School in Broomfield, Colorado, she felt worried about being the only one with a shaved head. So, as you guessed, that's when her friend Cameron McLaughlin decided to shave her head in solidarity with her close pal. 80 students and some teachers also followed suit. Um, in support of Marley at the school event called Be Bold, Be Brave, Go Bald, the event raised in excess of $25,000 for St. Baldrick's Foundation, a children's cancer research organization. I didn't think that many people would shave their heads, but I feel good about going back to school and not being the only bald one, Marley told Today.com. Number four is the best birthday celebration. When Ollie Jones, a boy on the, on the autism spectrum from Exmouth, turned 15 in 2016, he expressed to his mother how excited he was to open the birthday cards that he would receive from family and friends. However, his mother, Karen Jones, feared that he wouldn't receive many cards as the teenager didn't have many friends. So Karen's, Karen's issued a plea on a Facebook community page. She received over 20,000 cards in response. I'd love to thank everyone and remind everyone that there are Ollie's everywhere, Karen said. Number five, giving what you can. When nine-year-old Molly McGinney spotted charity workers helping the homeless in 2017, she felt inspired to do what she could to provide support for those sleeping rough on the streets of Manchester. After receiving some money for her birthday, Molly decided to spend the money on food for the homeless rather than treats on herself. Um, one of the people in need that Molly and her mother came across while feeding the homeless on the young girl's birthday was 23-year-old Margaret Smith. I was walking down the street and I saw all these people giving loads of food to the homeless, Molly told Manchester Evening News. So I asked mom if I could do it and she said yes. So we got some hot drinks and soup and food and gave it to Margaret. 
Number six, a touch of kindness with a trim. Ever since launching the hashtag do something for nothing initiative, in 2015, British hairdresser Josh Coombs has been helping homeless people regain their sense of identity by giving them free haircuts. He's also collaborated with veterinarian Jade Staff, who runs a service named Street Vet, to provide the canine companions of the homeless people that he meets with support as well. I didn't want it to, to be just about me and cutting hair, so I came up with the hashtag, and I always wanted other people to get involved, he told Barcraft, Barcroft TV. Coombs wanted to break the taboo surrounding homeless people, demonstrating the ease with which anyone can interact with people who are sleeping rough and show them kindness. Number seven, a super experience. For many children, the prospect of meeting a superhero is one that would fill them with immeasurable joy and excitement. In 2016, this became a reality for children being treated at Children's Hospital Colorado when costumed with crusaders including Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Captain America were spotted rappling down the side of the 10-story building. Members of the Aurora Police Department, Strategic Response, and Tactics teams decided to give the children being looked after uh, at the medical institution a bit of a boost by dressing up as the superheroes and providing them with a phenomenally super surprise. The hospital thanked the team on YouTube for, quote, being superheroes this day in costume and every day in our community. Number eight, the true meaning of sportsmanship. It's every runner's worst nightmare. I've been there. You're taking part in one of the most important races of your career only to take a stumble and eliminate your chances of winning a medal. However, it wasn't the tangle between New Zealand's Nikki Hamlin and America's Abby Diacostino. Uh, at the 2016 Rio Olympics that made the headlines, but the way in which the women rallied together to help each other across the finish line. Hamlin and D'Agostino were lauded for capturing the Olympic spirit when competing in the qualifying heat for the 5,000 meter race. With less than half of the distance left to go, Hamlin fell over, accidentally tripping D'Agostino in the process. The fall caused D'Agostino to sustain a foot injury. So Hamlin helped her competitor complete the race with the pair embracing at the finish line. Hamlin and Diagostino were both given awards for their acts of, quote, selflessness and exemplary sportsmanship. Number nine, a selfless donation. At 19 years old, University of New Hampshire student Cameron Lyle registered to be a bone marrow donor. At the age of 21, Lyle was informed that a 28-year-old man with leukemia was in need of a bone tra marrow transplant. Despite having a promised future career as a track and field athlete ahead of him, Lyle didn't hesitate when given the chance to save someone else's life. He sacrificed the opportunity to continue competing in athletics at university in order to save a stranger. It's just a sport, he told ABC News. Just because it's division one college level doesn't make it any more important. Life is a lot more important than that, so it was pretty easy. Number 10, unconditional love. Ever since 1995, Los Angeles resident Mohamed Bizik has made it his, his mission to provide children who are terminally ill with the love and support they need during the final moments of their lives. Inspired by his Muslim faith, Bizik has fostered more than 40 children throughout the years, and he explained to CBC News, It's a big factor in my faith because I believe as a Muslim we need to extend our hand to help people who need us, he said. doesn't matter what nationality, what religion, what country to me, it doesn't matter. I do it as a human being for another human being. And a documentary has been made about Zeke's act of love called Guardian of Angels. 
Number 11, a show-stopping finish. In 2013, a student with a developmental disability called Mitchell Marcus was taking part in a varsity basketball game at Coronado High School against the Franklin basketball team. Despite several attempts to get the ball in the net, Marcus was unable to score a point for his team. That is, until a player on the opposing team decided to show him some kindness by giving him the chance to achieve glory that he deserved. He said, I was raised to treat others like you wanted to be treated. Okay. Jonathan told CBS News, I just thought Mitchell deserved his chance, deserved his opportunity. So Mitchell then took one last shot at the net, successfully scoring much to the excitement of his teammates and school. The video of Mitchell's classmates storming the court after the final whistle and celebration of his goal went viral. Last but not least, number 12, the power of teamwork. Amazing things can happen when humans band together. In 2014, a man at Stirling Station in Perth, Australia accidentally tripped, becoming trapped in between a train and a platform. As the man struggled to free himself, CCTV footage captured the phenomenal moment that fellow commuters teamed up to push the train to one side, eventually helping the man to free his leg. The man was seen by paramedics following the accident incident, but fortunately didn't sustain any serious injuries. More lush and loaded excerpts. Last but I'd like to do one more. Weird unsocialized homeschoolers. I couldn't resist this one. Honest, quirky, real stereotype smashing humor for homeschooling families. I had to do this one because, you know, I, as you well know, I'm partial to homeschooling and homeschoolers. So, uh, per the author, it says, I've really been wanting to be more intentional about blessing people around me with random acts of kindness. I wanted these acts to be more than what would be considered common courtesy, such as holding a door for someone. And I needed things that could be done inexpensively. So I was having trouble coming up with ideas, so I did what any smart blogger would do. I asked the weird, unsocialized homeschoolers fan, Facebook page fans. They, you, are some smart folks. So here are some suggestions. Number one, pay for the order of the, of the person behind you in the drive-thru line. Number two, rake leaves or shovel snow for a neighbor. Number three, send friends and relatives notes or letters of encouragement on the back of your children's artwork. Four, leave notes for your spouse or kids' children in places like a briefcase or clothing drawer. Number five, bring water, coffee, or hot chocolate to outdoor workers, police officers, or crossing guards, for example. Yes, yes, that's something that I, I definitely, definitely take to heart. Number six, put your neighbor's trash cans away for them after picking up. Number seven, buy a soda or a candy bar for the cashier when you're checking out. Number eight, give a restaurant or coffee gift card to someone, a bank cashier, postal worker, homeless person, or a random stranger. Number nine, send a silly card to brighten someone's day. Ten, call or email someone you haven't talked to in a while just to ask how that person's doing. Eleven, send your spouse a text just to tell them something that you appreciate about him. Twelve, find a kind note in a library book. Thirteen, leave your trade credit inside a book or video game at the used bookstore. Fourteen, Bring your spouse his favorite drink while he's getting ready for work. 15, cut someone's grass. 16, bake cookies for someone. Could be anyone. The aforementioned postal carrier, neighbor, elderly friend, Sunday school teacher, yada, yada, yada. 17, leave coins on a parking meter or the machines at a laundromat. 
18. Pay the toll for the car behind you. 19. Help someone load their groceries. 20. Offer to return someone's shopping cart to the store. 21. Let someone go ahead of you in the checkout line. 22. Let someone pull out or turn in front of you in traffic if it's safe to do so. 23. Keep unopened children's meal toys in your purse to give to children you encounter with their parents' permission, of course. 24. Pay for someone's meal at a restaurant. 25. Make extra meals to share with a sick or busy neighbor. 26. Offer to keep a friend's children so she and her husband can have some alone time. 27. Take a children, a friend's children shopping for an up upcoming holiday so they can buy their parents a surprise gift. Hmm. 28. Make hats for children with cancer. 29. Make cards for nursing home residents and deliver them with your children. 30. Pick up trash at the park. 31. Thank a soldier. Yes, yes, double yes. 32. Make care bags for the homeless, toiletry items, bottled water, food, store gift cards, non-perishable, ready-to-eat foods. 33. Buy car wash coupons and give them away. 34. Leave a copy of the Sunday newspaper on your neighbor's doorstep. 35. Clean the house of a friend or family member while she's on vacation, he or she. 36. Leave extra coupons on the store shelf next to the item they're good for. 37. Pack a bag for someone undergoing chemo, including snacks, bottled water, magazines, word fine games, a mechanical pencil, and a good book. 38. Tape envelopes with quarters to vending machines. 39. Take care packages to patients with new babies at the hospital. Take homemade cookies or cupcakes to the police or fire station. Number 41. Invite a homeschool mom, friends, children over for the day so she can run errands or do lesson plans alone or just take a nap. 42. Save change change throughout the year and bless another family with some extra cash during the holidays. 43. Pack a date night box, movie rental card, popcorn, soft drinks, movie candy, and leave it on someone's doorstep. Ring the doorbell and run. Ding dong. Gift ditch. <laughs> 44. Take lunch to the ICU waiting room. 45. Take magazines, word find games, or Sudoku puzzles and mechanical pencils to a waiting room. Take flowers to a nurse's station for the nurses. 47. Get a group together to make a meal for your local Ronald McDonald house. 48. Give your unwanted newspaper coupons to the lady behind you who's buying three newspapers, three papers. Chances are she clips coupons. 49. Make a make, fix a make-ahead breakfast for a working school, not at home family member. Uh, family to make their morning a little smoother. And last but not least, number 50, purchase a store card gift or a gas card and send it to a friend in need. Voila, ladies and gentlemen. So let's close out uh, with a bit of poetry. I hope that you've extracted, I've given you more than enough, more than enough suggestions. I've inundated you this episode, which is more extensive than usual, but I believe that the the topic warrants it. It's definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, it's clearly, um, it, you know, it's 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 needed. I like to read to you or recite to you a poem by David Norman. Hmm, interesting. Title: Compassion on the Interstate. Sandwiched between crumbly cement and emotional darkness. Is this the sole sanctuary for the world's endless list of the homeless, the weathered overpass remains, our desperate dwelling? Sense of hope and relief, my hopeless heart continues its failing. Awaken frequently, surely just 
from another 18-wheeler for deliverance, I pray. May God send our eternal healer. I kneel faithfully, often as I can. Hope born always in the presence of the Son of Man. Compassion rarely passes close by. Yet I believe love is soon to be revealed in heaven's deliverance reply. Once again, I'd like to dedicate this in homage to Bridget Jurasuba, the droves and droves and droves of entities, people, places, associates, organizations, family members, my parents and beyond who've been positively influential in the lives of Maximo and I, past, present, newfound, reacquainted, reunited, in union, and beyond. I'd like to applaud you behind the scenes, Team Bradley, for your unwavering support amid the years, a couple with you magnifying listeners and spanning and speckling the globe. As always, I humbly implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.